Okay, let's go here. Um, text messages. This is a good one, Lawson. What's your thoughts on this? Would it be better to watch the Sabina movie before the Richard one? Karen wants to know. Uh, no. Because it's a prequel. Yeah. And so if you watch the Sabina one, then the story comes in order. Um, I guess so. But it it just... I, I'm... Personally, I'm a fan of watching them in terms of release order. Yes. Um, so I, I would... Because the people who make the movies are telling a story and this is the method that they're using to yeah, tell the story. that's right. And they've come up with a more powerful method of telling the yeah. story. This isn't this isn't Star Wars. We're not giving, you know, movies that are new status of being older than movies that are old. This is just... It's a prequel. It's a prequel. So watch, watch the watch the first one. Okay. First. So watch watch Richard first, and then watch Sabina. Yes, that's right. Okay. That's what uh, I would say. Uh, yeah. In my in my opinion. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yes, as a movie consumer, occasionally. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I will. I, I won't argue with you. <laughs> I'm sort of. I'm sort of of two minds. I don't know how I would feel if I watched them the other way around, whether it would have more or less impact. But both of these movies have just a lot of impact. Mm. Because is the. F- because this the this one that we've just watched is heavily told through narration that takes place after the events, like f- from perspective of the story. Yes, yes. Is the first one? Does the first one do the same? I haven't watched the first one since like twenty nineteen. Um, I I think there is some narration, but it's in a different kind of perspective. Yeah. Like the, like I think the point of the second one is that like it is a prequel, and they're they're making that point that it's like. Because they're narrating the story from the future. The question that goes through my mind is that now that they've done Sabina and they've done Richard, where do they go to from here? Lawson. Maybe the... (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Tell the Lawson story. By the way, by the way, while we're talking about the Lawson story, Uh um, apparently we have a new Australian World Moto GP. Yeah, Moto2. Moto2 Moto2 champion. champion. Yeah, shout out Remy Gardner, who won the race last night. I was up watching at 1am. And, dude, yeah, like... Which is amazing. I I know Remy. We grew up racing together. Um, used to used to beat him on the dirt bikes. Yeah, used to beat him on the dirt bikes. Um, yeah, dude. I was I was saying a while before. Like our names are in the books. Um, so like every year they published a new like motorcycling guideline. And they got like, Lawson book. and Remy side by yeah, side. Yeah, Lawson and Remy, and and he's he's the son of 1987 500 cc Grand Prix world champion Wayne Gardner. Um, I'm the son of a boilermaker. Um. And a son of God, Amen. Uh- <laughs> well, this is, the, this is the question I was going to ask. You know, he's he's just won the uh, world the the, the GP uh, GP two World Championship mm-hmm. uh, World Championship versus knowing Jesus. Which one are you going to choose? Oh, dude, knowing Jesus, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amen, dude. Amen. Amen. Um, anyway, somebody's texting and says, "Try not to worry." Okay, okay. They, 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 try not to worry about being single. <laughs> Be worried for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> try not to worry. I think meeting someone genuine is harder than before uh, because we're in the end times. Mm. Um, and you know, goes on talks about the need to meet somebody loving and mature. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so don't worry. Don't worry, Lawson. Okay, okay. I Why does everyone think I'm, like, desperate? Like, like, everyone's like, he's single, so he must be desperate. And it's like a constant point he's, of he's, conversation. He's 23. He's 23. He's got plenty of time, guys. Dude, and this is the thing. Like, my pool for opportunity at the moment is only getting bigger. I'm, I'm playing the long game on this one. I'm, I'm widening my uh, options. This is good fun. Um, another text message here. I'd be a plus one if it wasn't so far away. 
Oh. That one probably too old. Oh. No, nah, I'd still go. Yeah, of course, of course you would. I'd invite. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, that was just a bit of fun. Let's go to, I think we had some more serious ones here. Let me see what have we got. Um, this one is, ooh, where do we go? Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. This one is uh, people prosecuted for holding up family values. Good on mm. you uh, Americans for standing up for them. Have I was talking about the thing in Finland. Have you considered the power of the um, New World Order in the world? They seem to be doing anything they want to destroy Christianity, morality, or anything good. God will not always allow this to continue. In fact, I see a great change coming. A religious awakening that will again change everything for the better for Christians, only to finish with the Sunday laws. The last choice humanity will be given on the worship of the law of God and man. Then we have this one, uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Sometimes it's hard to love friends and family, to love your enemies who have been torturing you. It's a big ask that that only God can do in you. We mm. of ourselves could never do it. If Richard and Sabina can do it considering their early life's background it gives you hope for mm. the rest of us. All things are possible with Christ. Um, there isn't a day that passes that I don't pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. You know those stories that Etienne was sharing from India is just absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. You know, and one of the things that when I was listening to when I was listening to what that Hindu uh Swami was saying, the Hindu priest basically, uh, in that speech, and how he was talking about forced conversions. And branding this on Christians, okay, I don't believe that that is a thing. Mm. I've never heard of that. But then he talked about uh, poor people who were bribed to become Christians. Mm. And during the 1990s and the early 2000s, American evangelists would go over to India and they would hold massive evangelistic campaigns and they would baptize literally thousands of people. Mm. And they would go back to the United States and they would show, you know, videos of these mass baptisms. They would tell the stories of these mass baptisms. They would praise God for what was doing in India and they would make appeals for financial aid so that they could go back and continue to have these, you know, bring these people to Jesus Christ. Mm. And so Americans would give a lot of money to them and it became a money spinner and they would go back to India and to boost their numbers, they would literally bribe People, you know, dirt poor people off the street, beggars off the streets. It's like, yeah, we'll give you a handful of coins if you come and get baptized. They would literally bribe people to do this. And so not everything that that Hindu was saying, that that Hindu priest was saying was wrong. Mm. And basically the situation that we now find ourselves in is one in which these American evangelists that went and bribed Indians to be baptized have now created mm. the most awful persecution and they are the ones who should be held responsible for, largely wow. responsible for what is happening in India right now. Mm. It's the corruption of Christianity that has brought about a lot of this persecution, which is just absolutely terrible. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Uh, anyway, where did we get up to in this text? Um, only when we get to heaven will we know the strength and help our prayers have given them to hold on to their faith. Please make it a part of your daily prayers if you're not doing so already. Mm. Um, all right. I think, um, I think 
That's the end of our text messages. We've got other messages coming through here. We need to get to our Bible study because we are studying the book of Deuteronomy. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Mm. All right. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. Oh, yes. Right to the start. Let's go. Let's have a bit of an introduction. We'll have a bit of an introduction. Okay, so none of us asked to be here, did we? Right? Um, No. We didn't choose to come into existence any more than we chose when and where we were born Mm. or who our parents were. Mm -hmm. It was the same with Adam and Eve. They didn't choose to be created by God. Um, As human beings, we have been given not just existence, Mm. because a rock has existence, it's a thing, and not just life, an amoeba has life. Mm. A jellyfish has life. It's a thing. But we have been given life as rational, free beings made in the image of God. Wow. That's what the Bible says. And so this is different from how God has created it, and we can see that difference when we look out into you know, into our planet. We are a different kind of creature to every other creature that is out there. But once again, we didn't choose to come into existence as rational, free beings made in the image of God either. Mm. So what God does offer us is the choice to remain in existence. This is a bit of a deep thought. That is to choose to have life, eternal life in him, um, which is what we can have because of Jesus and his death on the cross. Mm. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. I'm going to read, read a few verses here from Genesis 2 and 3. And we'll look at, look at the two options that God presented Adam and Eve in regard to existence. So Genesis 2, verse 8 and 9 is where we're going to start. Genesis 2, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, Then the Lord God planted the garden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that uh, uh, produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, so what two options does God present to Adam and Eve in regard to his existence? Because... uh, he didn't choose to come into existence, but he can choose to stay there or not. Mm. And what has God placed here in the garden? He places a tree. He places a tree of life. Yes. Which we understand is like the sustaining, their sustaining power. Yes. You know, just as we eat food today, you know, if you don't eat food, you don't poo. Live. And if you don't poo, you die. Like that's, that's it. That's, that's the, it. that's the formula for life. That's um, right. And for, for these guys, this is the same thing. It's like, but obviously their food, this tree of night life, giving them supernatural food that will sustain them to live forever. Um, well, like physical slash, it's, it's like the most nutritious fruit you'll ever eat. You know, we, we advocate for a plant-based diet here on Faith FM, but this is like another level. Um, but this other tree, this other tree is a tree of the knowledge of Good and evil. Which also has fruit. Yes. Which was no doubt nutritious Mm -hmm. and attractive and looked pretty good and probably tasted amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got Adam and Eve and they've just been created and they're in the Garden of Eden and in the Garden of Eden, well, in the world, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, they didn't have to just stay in the garden. They could explore the entire planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, the garden is their home. It's like, you know, we all have a home, but we still explore the whole planet. Mm. Um, God wasn't locking them up or anything like that. Mm. But in this particular garden, they've got um, this tree and they are brand new in existence. 
Do you like mm. going out and experimenting with new food? Yeah, dude. Go to a new restaurant, like see what these guys make. Yeah, slapping, slapping Vegemite on ice cream. Like I'm all about it. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a big joke. <laughs> well, you kind of lost me, had me lost for words there for a moment. And I was just sort of thinking, okay, <laughs> did could this just, work? Did he just say that? No, it can't work. Don't, do not try that at home. I'm actually tempted to try it. Salt and sweet. I like, <laughs> I like salt and sweet together. Yeah, but this isn't ca- a salted caramel, Lyle. Vegemite does not go on ice cream. Please don't. Please. <laughs> Shell's in the studio thinking about it, and um, no, Shell, stop, stop, stop thinking. Okay, this is. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tell people. You know what Lawson said on radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, bring out a, a Vegemite ice cream for a little while. It wasn't Vegemite and- ice cream. It was Vegemite milk chocolate. And but- it did not do well, and didn't last long. Yeah, no, because it was Crash a special one-off thing. That wasn't supposed to 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 last long, um, but also for everyone who ate it, will tell you that it wasn't real Vegemite. Oh, it was pretty much just like salted caramel with a hint Salt, of Vegemite. Salted caramel. It wasn't nice. just like getting a block of chocolate and getting a knife full of Vegemite. We are sidetracked. Anyways, yes, I like trying new foods. Okay, so we like trying new foods. Imagine <laughs> if you go out in the Eden and you're trying food, and everything you try is different. Yes, and amazing. Yeah, dude. You know, because sometimes I go and try new food somewhere and it's like, yeah, that's pretty blah. Yeah, oh, totally. Sometimes I try new food and it's like, nope, that's a big nope. Yes. Never again. Do especially, not ever go back. Bro, especially it's like vegetarians and vegans, like with such a limit. It basically like blacklists restaurants for you because it's like they'll have, unless it's a vegetarian restaurant or like a vegetarian conscience re- conscious Restaurant, which is they, most restaurants these days. Yeah, but even so, it's like okay, we've got three vegetarian options, you know, which, like a bunch of them, and like you eat one of them, and then you just like, look, I'm not coming back, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this doesn't fit learn how well. to make vegetarian food. Yeah, if you're gonna advertise it, learn how to do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the restaurant that we went to last night probably had you know ten or fifteen vegetarian options, which oh, I find wow. okay. I find is not that, actually that uncommon these days. Yeah, uh, which is pretty awesome. Mm. All right, where are we going? We are going to uh, verse 15 and 17. Let's head over there. So let's try and all 17. these fruits and then invest. Yeah, because you would. You wouldn't, wouldn't you? It would just yeah. be like fruits, grains, nuts. It's like, let's give this a try. And yeah. everything. every time you try something, it's new and different. And then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, that's right. And we get to verse 15 <laughs> and the Bible says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay. All right. Uh, that's pretty full on right there. You are sure to die. Mm. And that's 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 how God put it. And mm. so you've got this garden and you've got this tree and you've tried all of these different foods and, mm. you know, I'm pretty sure that Adam and Eve after doing that and being brand new and just getting around and enjoying themselves and enjoying each other's company and enjoying everything that God has created, uh, there'd be a temptation there. It's like, yeah, I want to try that one too. Mm. And that's the one that God has said you can't try. Mm. You know, and it's a little bit like, I mean, we look at it from the perspective of fallen human nature and our fallen human nature does not allow us to understand what kind of a temptation that would be. 
Mm. Because with fallen human nature, tell someone don't do it and they do it. Yeah. Welcome to Australia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, but these people were not fallen. Mm. But they've got this choice mm. here and the choice is between existence and non-existence. And, and, and as well, like with that choice, it's not that they're not uninformed, um, but I feel like like, and especially as a Christian, as you become aware of sin, it doesn't mean that you stop sinning, but you become callous and convicted towards sin as well at the same time where because there's that level of experience. Like I feel like a lot of people are motivated in, in, in particular areas not to do a certain sin or fall into it because of their experience with it. Like, And I can just, you know, personally share like my own, like I, I've been sober for five years and that is because I'm like, before I was sober, I was an alcoholic. And so for me, I have no, like just no temptation to go and drink because I'm like, no way I'd throw away my sobriety for, for alcohol. Like my life is so much better. Um, that doesn't mean I don't see it in other areas, but mm. because I don't have that jadedness or callousness or experience, I know the concept. These guys know the consequence. Yes. They're informed. Yes. But they're not necessarily experienced. And so it would be a really odd situation that we don't necessarily understand um, going on here because it's, yeah, it's, it's attractive, but it's, it's a bit, it's a bit strange to them. Indeed. And really what it comes down to is that God has given them two options. It's like, I've created you. You didn't ask to be created, mm. but you don't have to stay that way if you don't want to. Mm. You know, God's not forcing anyone in any issue. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, so we've got a couple of text messages just came through here. Um, Lawson, uh-huh. how long have you been working here? Uh, where? At radio. Faith FM. Faith FM. Oh, well, I've been kind of off and, off and on for, for years, but uh, I started again here around April. I would say, or May? No, it was earlier than that, I'm pretty sure. March? Uh, March maybe, maybe so. Anyway, March, March, anyway, April, anyway. May, that period. They've eventually, eventually, eventually got, your, uh, got our photo updated. Oh, okay. Yep, thanks, team, for updating the double L team photos. At least now some of us can relate. Uh, somebody else texting through, Morning, Lyle and Lawson. Great update photo of you both on your program Man, I through my laptop. We're going to find out whether this photo is any good or not. That sounds a little bit scary. Lawson is uh, jumping onto Google himself right like, now. Now they know I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> it, better, it better be a flatter, your flattering side, right? <laughs> Programs and podcasts. Right, while, while, while Lawson checks on Hey, his. it's us. It's the same photo from, the, uh, from North Point. Oh, okay. we were on the front of a magazine, so we we know we know what photo it is. There you go. Okay, awesome. It's a, it's a cool photo. Yeah, uh, Genesis chapter three. We're going to now. Let's 22 go and to Genesis three twenty two and twenty three. The Bible says, "Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take the fruit of tree of life of the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground which he had been made from mm. which he had been made. yeah, so many interesting questions that pop up right here. Mm. Uh, but once again, we find this principle here that God is giving complete freedom to human mm. beings. And God does not force us, you know, none of us chose to exist. None of us chose to be born. Uh, Adam and Eve did not choose to be, to come into existence. They did not choose to be created. 
but the uh, the the, uh, the the just the simple situation is that they mm. were created, and when they were, God doesn't remove our freedom of choice. It's like, right. okay, I've created you guys. I've got you brought you guys into existence, but you don't have to exist if mm. you don't want to. Mm. But existence is a whole lot better than non-existence. <laughs> That's right. You know, there's this great uh, quote here from our Bible study today. It says, "In the middle of the in the middle of Eden grew the tree of life, whose fruit had the power of perpetuating life. Mm. Had Adam remained faith, remained obedient to God, he would have continued to enjoy free access to this tree and would have lived forever. Mm. But when he sinned, he was cut off from partaking of the tree of life and became subject to death, the divine sentence." A dust you are, and unto dust you shall return, points to the utter extinction of life. Mm. And this is something I think that is important because, you know, there are those who look at God as being a very vengeful God who will actually use his supernatural power to preserve your life uh, while he tortures you for the rest of eternity. And they will say, no, the wages of sin is not death. The wages of sin is eternal life being tortured. Well, my Bible says the wages of sin is death. My Bible says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Yes. But have everlasting Mm -hmm. life. In other words, you choose not to believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to perish. That's right. And this is the whole point of what we see here at creation is that God is giving human beings choice. Mm. You didn't have any choice coming into existence, but you have a choice as whether you stay there or not. Yeah. And and I think that's the, the the prime point that you made because existence is better than non-existence. Absolutely. And we considered yesterday a story that is incredibly harsh about people follow and and about people trying to follow God, yet their lives are completely uprooted and they are literally tortured for their faith. That's the name of the movie, tortured for Christ. Yes. But to be tortured for anything. Like to be to be tortured to be like like we can just name off every horrific thing that happens in this world, and he and he asks a question like yeah is existence better than than um, non-existence and and you might be hearing what I'm saying and say oh well that's a little bit you know that's a little bit ca- not callous what's the word it's maybe like oh you're a little bit you're in a pretty privileged position to be able to say that because you live in Australia and life is good. You speak on radio and you get paid to do it, and yeah, like you're, you're chilling, uh, like you're you're living a decent life. But the reality is, is when you talk to a lot of these people, and when you, well, we can't anymore because they've passed away. But if you talked to Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, who went through so much for their faith, they will say like a thousand times over, like all of that pain and suffering and sacrifice was worth it. Mm-hmm. To firstly to live, but secondly to live a life knowing that there is a God who cares for them, who loves them, and who is actively working to save them. And seeing people's lives changed in the most extreme circumstances. Mm. You know, that's one of the things that really stood out to me, is that you get those the extremities of the human experience, and uh, in, the midst of, in the midst of just, you know, all of that, you've got people that are suffering with massive levels of, of PTSD. Wow. You know, PTSD... I saw depicted in the movie beyond what our servicemen face Mm. because, you know, of the horrific things that they've been involved in and then the power of Christ to actually change them and to give them a new life. You know, it's just incredible stuff. Mm. Oh, so many good things we could talk about this morning in relationship to these passages. Of course, the tree of life comes back 
in the book of Revelation. Mm. You go from one end of the Bible, go to the other end of the Bible, you're going to find the tree of life is right back there again in Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, and finally in Revelation 22 and verse 14. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. And our question of the day is, here we go. Is it okay for Christians to listen to Hillsong and Bethel music and use these kinds of songs for church worship or on Faith FM? Especially knowing uh, what these Christ- uh, what these churches believe doctrinally is erroneous. Okay, so the danger that we run here is the danger of what's called the genetic fallacy. Uh-huh. And the genetic fallacy works a little bit like this. If a bad person says something, it is bad because the bad person said it, regardless of whether it's true or not. So in other words, the genetic fall- an example of the genetic fallacy might be saying, well, you know, if Adolf Hitler says a good thing, if Adolf Hitler says a truth, because he said it, it becomes an untruth. Yeah, if, I, if Adolf Hitler says the sky is blue, then he's wrong. And it's yeah. not true. Yeah, or something. That's, 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 that's kind of the genetic fallacy. And so the genetic fallacy says that there is something in the DNA, there is something in the genes of the origin of this particular um, either uh, phrase or song or whatever it might be that is then genetically passed on to us and we become infected with the, um, the paganism, we might say, that, you know, may have, may originate with this song or, or, you know, um, anything else that has, you know, been passed on through to us. And this is clearly not the case. The Bible is very, very clear about this. You'll find that throughout the New Testament, there are a multitude of places where Jesus quotes from non-inspired sources. Mm. And probably one of the most famous ones is in Paul's, when, when Paul does this, because Paul is speaking on Mars Hill to the Athenians. You remember his speech on mm. Mars, Hill, Mars Hill? He's speaking to the Athenians. These are like, you know, the, the, the big thinkers of the time. They are the philosophers of the world. And he quotes this um, portion of a poem here. It says, for we are also his offspring. When he quotes that, this was a poem that they were all very familiar with. This was a poem that had been, or a portion of a poem that had been written by Aratus, who was a Greek uh, countryman of of the Apostle, um, but his predecessor by three centuries. So this Aratus guy, he was a pantheist, and this is a pantheistic poem. Mm. And what Paul does is he draws on this pantheistic poem, he quotes from it, knowing that it comes from an incredibly pagan, in uh, impure source, but then he uses that within his sermon to promote theism. Mm. And because, you know, and, and there are a lot of people who say, oh, he, he, he drew from that particular poem, which is a pagan poem, therefore he has infected his message with paganism and he's going to have all those people thinking about paganism, he's, using, he's, he's, he's preaching pagan concepts, he's quoting from pagan people. No, if something is a truth, it is not changed by where that truth comes from. If the worst person in the world speaks a truth, it does not become an untruth. And so the issue when, you know, when it comes to choosing music is not so much looking at where it comes from, but what does it say? What is the message that it actually portrays? Mm. 
Now, music is so there's there's your basic principle, and that's the kind of principle that you're going to use in uh in in a in a radio environment, especially, but also the a principle you you will use in a church environment to a lesser extent, but to a much lesser extent with the individual. And so a great example of this is when Paul talks about meat offered to idols. And when Paul, you know, First Corinthians chapter 8, he talks about meat offered to idols. And he's like, look, some people with uh, a consciousness of the fact that this was meat that was used in pagan ceremonies that was offered to idols and, and that it is a form of eating the God, you know, taking the power of that particular idol, that particular God into yourself, they can't eat it with good conscience because of where it comes from. Because of its genetic heritage, they can't eat it. And he's like, that's fine. We need to respect people in that kind of a situation. For other people like myself, it's just food. Just, just, you know, if it's, if it's clean food, then just eat it. There's, there's just nothing but food. And so, um, where there's no actual genetic connection whatsoever at all. And that's exactly what we've got the, the same situation that we have right here in relationship to a radio station or to a lesser extent a church where we're dealing you know with the broad masses as compared with you as an individual if this is something that you as an individual god speaks to your heart and says look this is not right for you then you need to listen to the voice of god i'm not the voice of god to your conscience i'm not the one to judge but i'm also not the one to judge when we are you know dealing with things on a more corporate level um, and, and a wider audience